0: How's everyone doing today? Doing good? Glad to hear it. I'm doing fantastic. Woke up this morning and I got ready and then I came here. That's a step process. Yep. So yeah, um, man, it's really been a blast getting to spend time with all of you guys, getting to spend time with your students. Um, It really has been. The summer started off a little bit crazy. I had no idea really what was going to happen. Um, I didn't know if I was going to be able to come here, I didn't know if I was only going to be here for part of the time, I had no idea, but I still got to come here um, and hang out with all of you guys and I'm super thankful for that, I really am. It started off online, um, started off with a prayer group, Um, and if you look up here, you can see all of our beautiful faces. I screenshotted that at the perfect time. We are all, like literally all of us are making an embarrassing face in that moment, Um, but yeah, that's where it started. So we started praying with the staff, um, and that was a blast. And then, uh, the summer continued and I got to come here and start hanging out with everyone, getting to meet all of you. Um, I wish during the summer I could have met all of you, but I only did as much as I could. Um, but I got to hang out with students. A couple of them, I brought Sonic drinks to in a park, got to hang out with them and talk to them, um, for a little bit. And that was a blast. We also got to go hiking. We got to go hammocking and have a blast doing that. And after every time we'd hammock, we would do a Devo and spend a little time reading our Bibles, getting to teach the students the word. And that was an amazing part of the summer. We even got to go to camp. And camp was a blast. I got to help lead worship with that and got to preach one of the days it truly was amazing to spend time with every one of those students and getting to come here every sunday and worship with you guys has been great it really has been today we are going to be looking at the core value of harmony you know over the past month we've been going over different um core values that the staff values and that this church values just so we can have a good christian environment and community um and so that's been really good getting to hear all those. Harmony, um, what we're talking about today, is a little bit of a difficult word to exactly define, but I'm going to try here. The dictionary definition of harmony is the quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. The quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. And that is the English definition of harmony. But to understand harmony in a biblical way, we have to look a little bit deeper, So the biblical definition of harmony is a completely different word. It is a Greek word because the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word for harmony is phroneo. And this word means of the same mind, agreed together, and to cherish the same views. To be of the same mind, agreed together, and cherish the same views. One of the best uses of this word occurs in Romans 12, which is going to be our text for today. But at this point, you might be asking, why is harmony important? Why is it significant to us? Why does it matter at all? Well, the first thing is that God commands it. God commands it in the Bible. He wants harmony for our families, for our communities. He wants harmonies with us and our friends and our families and everything in between. But harmony is also more than that. Harmony is is the basis for those relationships. Without harmony, we can't have those relationships, We look at society now and we can see that there's a huge lack of harmony. There is a huge lack of harmony on social media, in our communities, in our families. It's hard to think of a place where there isn't a lack of harmony. You can even look at the church today and there's a lot of lack of harmony. And when it comes down to it, in general, there's really two ways to treat people. Two ways. The first way is we can act like ourselves. We can act like ourselves. And the second way, we can act like Christ. We can solve it like Christ. When we act like ourselves, sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we love other people. Sometimes, sometimes. But most of the time, it's going to end badly. We fail at loving other people. We treat them wrong. Maybe we treat them exactly how they deserve, but who are we to decide that? But if we solve it like Christ, we love people. We have whole relationships. We love our families, we love our kids. We love everyone around us. So like I said, we'll be in Romans 12 today. Romans was written by Paul. And the section we're specifically looking at, um, Romans 12, has a lot to do with the Jews and the Gentiles. So the Jews were following the Jewish law, and the Gentile Christians were not following the Jewish law. And the Jewish Christians wanted them to. And so it was going back and forth, and there was a lot of disunity between those two groups. No one had any idea who was right. And so Paul is writing to solve a little bit of that. Romans 12 says let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. And seek to show hospitality. This brings me to my first point. We need harmony in our hearts. The disciples started with their hearts. Christ started with his heart. Harmony starts internally. The only way you can ever have harmony with other people, with anyone else, is by first having harmony with you and Christ. Think about it. Think about the people that you've mistreated in the past because you relied on your own harmony. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a brother, a sister, an uncle, a cousin. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone on social media. We have all failed at loving people by ourselves, me included. But God gives us a better way. God gives us a much better way. If we sit down and we have a relationship with Christ, we can begin loving people better. And as scripture says, not being slothful in zeal, being fervent in spirit and serving the Lord, praying regularly, taking time to make sure that your relationship with God is good. That is how we love people better. That is how Paul tells us to love people better. Memes are such a popular thing nowadays, aren't they? You guys like memes? You know, like the little image with like text on the top and on the bottom. One of the most significant memes that has occurred recently is the Karen meme. (laughs) Well, we'll go ahead and throw one up there for you. Yeah. If your name is Karen, I am really sorry, but no Karen's aren't inherently bad. It is a stereotype and it's a mean one, but society does not like Karen's at all. They really don't. But you know what's funny? Even if Karen's are mean, even if they always wanna talk to a manager, even if they're really mean to retail workers, no matter what they do, we're still supposed to love them. They may be the hardest people to love in society, but we still are supposed to love them. We aren't supposed to laugh at them. We aren't supposed to make fun of them. We need to love them. We have to live in harmony with them, even when it's hard. And don't get me started on people named Chad. <laughs> Whew. We cannot love all the Chads and Karens out there by ourselves. We need God's help. 1 John puts it this way. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God does not know God. Or excuse me, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. 1 John 4, 7 through 8. And the best way to love God is not by making God just the first part of your day. The best way to love is by making God your whole day. I'm learning a little bit about this in my relationship with my girlfriend, Lauren. Oh, she's adorable. She's right there. Oh, isn't she sweet? But I, man, I, I, I kid you not, the hardest part of my summer has been missing her. It really has been. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of times where... Um, Long distance just gets to me sometimes. And we get to FaceTime every night. I'm so thankful for technology that we get to do that. But it is hard. And there are times when I fail at loving her. And so there's not a day that goes by that I have to ask God for wisdom and guidance in loving her because it is difficult to be long distance from someone else. It is hard to love from a distance. It really is. And I can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. By this time, you may have noticed something weird on the stage. It's not me. It's the table. (laughs) You know, a table often, you know, stands for symbolizes nourishment, fellowship, community, a place to relax. Nourishment. You know, the best way to ever be nourished isn't with food. It's by your relationship with Christ. It's by opening the word every single day. You know, to really enjoy a table, you have to eat there regularly, not just use it as a decoration. And the best way to get a use out of the Bible is to sit in it regularly. Now you may not actually sit at a table when you're reading your Bible or when you're praying to God but it is one of the places that you definitely can. It may be on a desk, it may be on your bed, but every day we can't love people unless we sit down and we open up our word and we open up to our God. It doesn't have to be a table, but it definitely can be. Harmony is difficult, and when you rely on your own strength, you're gonna mess up, and that's hard. And that brings me to my second point. We need harmony in our community. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The world is messed up, isn't it? Can I get an amen on that? It is. You look on Facebook, you look on any form of social media, and you see people are upset. They are outraged, hurt, angry. And that's just over what color a dress is. Okay, I want to know. Who sees white and gold. Okay. Okay. I see white and gold. I'm not going to lie. Who sees black and blue? Yeah, you can see both. It actually depends on like how you look at it. It's weird. But as you can see, we all have our opinions and we all want to share them on social media. A matter of fact, it's so much easier to be mean on social media. It really is. And I know this example is a little bit dated, but it's a good example of how mean we can be on social media. It is almost impossible to find someone who's just gonna be nice to you and hear what you have to say on social media. But we're called to act a different way, to treat others with love. James puts it this way, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger that's what we're called to take the issue of wearing a mask now before you t- turn, tune out and get upset I'm not saying whether you should wear a mask or not, I can't say that biblically I don't know what the answer is but shaming someone for not wearing a mask is not loving them and that's the truth on the other hand I get not wanting to wear a mask but being mean about it that's not loving people either The question we keep asking ourselves is, what do I want? How do I feel about this? But it's not all about us. It's about loving others, and it's about loving our God. I want to read you a story. It's a good example of what's happening in society today. It really is, and it's by Dr. Seuss. It's a little bit of a kid's story. You guys may recognize it. Uh, The Sneetches by Dr. Seuss. Now the star-belly sneeches had bellies with stars; the plain-belly sneeches had none upon theirs. Those stars weren't so big; they were really so small. You might think such a thing wouldn't matter at all, but because they had stars, all the star-belly sneeches would brag were the best kind of sneech on the beaches. With their snoots in the air, they would sniff and they'd snort. Well, have nothing to do with the plain-belly sort. Whenever they met some, when they were out walking, they'd hike right on past them without even talking. They treated each other differently because of something physical on the outside. The rest of the story is pretty straightforward. Sylvester McMonkey McBean, I kid you not, he's a character in this story. He's a man who convinces all the Sneeches to go through his machine that can either take the stars off the bellies of the Sneeches or put them on. And the Sneeches keep going back and forth because they can't decide which is better. And they keep treating each other differently because of something physical on the outside of the body that really doesn't matter. The book seems innocent on the surface, doesn't it? It seems like a harmless children's story, but it is an excellent analogy for what is going on in society today. Racism is a problem. Prejudice is a problem. And I don't know if you guys can tell, (laughs) i'm not white not at least not completely oh man but there are definitely parts of my life that are a little bit different because i am not completely white i dated a girl in high school whose dad didn't want her to date a black guy and that was hard that was really hard and that's just one instance my dad is black and my mom is white and I can say that there have been times when I have felt distanced by the white community and the black community alike. Yes. And it hurts. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the violence going on in society today is the right way to handle it. No, it's not. It really isn't. But I do realize that the pain, the emotion that those protesters are feeling comes from a legitimate place. It comes from a legitimate place. And sometimes we don't recognize that. We don't recognize that their pain comes from a legitimate place. Scripture puts it this way. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's in scripture. And that's not easy, but we need to do it. We really do. God commands us to live in harmony with one another. And right there, we can see how to do it. We can see how to do it right in Scripture. You guys recognize that a table is a good way to have a good relationship with your God. But the table analogy doesn't just stop there. Society is messed up, our community is messed up, and that's not going to be fixed overnight. But there is something you can do. We can sit down at a table and start having conversations, we can ask questions and start listening. Instead of sharing our own opinions, we can listen. So many people feel like everyone needs to speak up. It doesn't sound like a lot of people are listening. And that's something we can do. We can have a good relationship with our God here, and we can have a good relationship with other people here. It all starts with acting like Christ. It all starts with acting like Christ, not ourselves. That brings me to my third point. We need harmony with our friends and family. I have a brother. And if any of you have a brother, you might know that a lack of harmony is a part of growing up together. Now my brother and I get along. I'll say that clearly. He actually texted me this morning, um, and I was blessed by that. Um, But yeah, we used to not get along. And I remember one specific story. Me and my brother got into a fight because of something that he did. Um, And I reacted to it in not a healthy way. My brother was playing airsoft with one of his friends, like the little plastic pellets you can shoot. Um, And as he was playing airsoft, he walks by my room upstairs. Usually you play airsoft outdoors, but he was inside for some reason. And my door was open uh, as he walked by. And I wasn't in the room. But he shot inside my room for some reason. I'm not sure if it was an accident or if it was on purpose. But my brother hit a snow globe of mine oh i loved this snow globe it was super cool it had a little baby jesus in it it had mary joseph had a little lamb on the side it had the little twisty thing that you could turn and it played a nice little song i'm telling you my brother shot baby jesus <laughs> <laughs> my my brother shot baby jesus with an airsoft gun and it broke and i was i was really upset but that is not really what matters What matters is what he proceeds to do next. He proceeds to grab a glass of water, fill it up a little bit, and pour it on my desk. He sets down the cup of water, runs downstairs, and grabs me and says, Noah, there's a cup that spilled on your desk. So I run upstairs, and I clean up the mess. I cleaned up my brother's mess. The snow globe had liquid in it, and so all the liquid spilled everywhere, and he made it look like that it was just the cup. I cleaned it up, and I made everything look right. He had taped up the snow globe, so I had no idea what had happened. But a couple days later, I was cleaning up my desk, and I noticed that the snow globe had tape on it. I unpeeled the tape, and I realized that he had shot my snow globe. I was really upset. I was mad. Maybe a little bit. Rightly so, but I didn't act right after that. I didn't treat him right after that. I remember he had to buy me two more snow globes just to make up for the ones that he broke. (laughs) Psalm 133, 1 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. We weren't dwelling in unity. I could have used that scripture then. I could have used that verse then because I was furious. He broke my favorite snow globe. But I didn't love him. Which one sounds worse? Scripture puts it this way. Repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 17 through 21. If I truly wanted to love my brother there, I would have treated him better after that situation. I would have been loving, caring, and forgiving, but I wasn't. Eventually, our parents had to move us into the same room so we'd get along, and we eventually did. And now my brother and I are really good friends. We really are. And I can confidently say that because of Christ, I can better love my brother. Another story from my youth. I'm young. I know that. I haven't been married. There's only so much I can say to a marriage relationship. But I have been in a relationship before. First and second grade. <laughs> yep, really good relationship, really God honoring, super helpful. It wasn't at all. I remember asking her out. I had this blue pin, and we were under the playground set. Oh, it was so romantic. There weren't any candles there, but I did have a blue pin, and that counts, right? And I sat down there, and I asked her to be my girlfriend. She said yes, and. Man, two years of a great relationship. We never talked. <laughs> like at all. I'm pretty sure I said two words to her during that whole two-year relationship, one for each year. I remember as she began, as we began drifting apart, if we could have done that anymore. Um <laughs> She sits me down and she says, hey, I need to tell you something. And she tells me that she's moving away. Me being extremely sad said, okay. (laughs) I kid you not, that is literally all that I said in that moment. Not my proudest moment, but it does make a good story, let me tell you. My point to that story is that sometimes we don't talk to people because we're upset with them. I wasn't upset with her. I wasn't upset with my girlfriend at the time, but that doesn't really matter. That wasn't a good relationship because we didn't talk. Sometimes when we're with our family, when we're with our friends, we don't talk because we're upset. And that's wrong. Some people say that the opposite of love is hate, and I I pretty much agree with that. But there's something that's worse than hate, and that's apathy when you stop caring about someone, when you stop acknowledging someone, because at least when you hate someone, you recognize that they exist. And at least that's a start to fixing a relationship. Apathy is not loving someone. Silence is not loving someone. Being distant from someone is not loving someone. This table right here. We can start here. It doesn't have to be anything super complicated. It doesn't have to be some profound wisdom that you tell them. But we can start conversations. We can start to love people at a table. We can start to form and rebuild a relationship at a table. If we start by loving Christ, we can love other people at a table. And it isn't just limited to a table. There's so much more that we can do to love other people. Growing up, I love my family. Growing up, I, my parents were awesome. I'm who I am today because of my parents. I truly love them, and they are truly some of the most encouraging people that I ever, ever have ex- had to do life with, got to do life with. And one of the hardest parts about harmony is between the youth of today and their parents and their adults. That is a huge lack of harmony today. It really is. But I can say that my family, my parents did an excellent job of bridging that gap. They really did. Whenever we'd sit down at that table every night, my parents would encourage They would be kind. I remember if I ever got in trouble, it was never at the dinner table. It was before or after the dinner table. My parents would ask me how my day was. And sometimes I wasn't feeling it and I was probably ruder than I should have been, but they'd still love me. And so the best advice I can give to the youth of today and to the adults of today and the parents of today, adults, parents, encourage your kids be there for them hear what they have to say ask them a question but don't pressure and for the students I can say answer listen to your parents obey them honor them when they ask you how your day was don't just say okay say my day was good and then explain give them a little bit of context a little bit of background The lack of harmony, the lack of unity, isn't just between the youth and the parents of today. It isn't just between our friends and our family. It's everywhere. As Christians, we're supposed to have it figured out, but oftentimes we don't. I'm sure as I've been talking, you might have someone in your head who you have a lack of harmony with. And so I'm going to give you a second to think about who that person is. I'm going to give you a second. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone on social media. Maybe it's someone you love. Maybe it's someone in your house. Maybe it's someone in this room. Maybe it's someone you're sitting next to right now. Don't look at them. (laughs) Don't look at them right now. (laughs) If you're online, maybe it's someone who's sitting on the couch next to you. Maybe it's someone who's also watching this sermon online. I don't know who it is, but think about it. All right. You got it. You know who it is. That's the first step. That's the first step, knowing who it is. The next part is a little bit harder. You have to talk to them. You have to begin rebuilding that relationship. You have to rebuild that harmony. And I can say that one of the best ways to do that is to sit down at a table. When you sit down at a table, you talk to the other person. It's just you two, no one else. No one interrupting, no social media, a table is a sign of peace. It's a sign of unity. You're eating together. You're sitting down and you're having that fellowship with one another. And that's an awesome place to start. You know, you may be going home today and you may be grabbing lunch somewhere on the way. You may not be grabbing somewhere lunch somewhere on the way. You might stop at your house and grab some food. Let me encourage you with this. Maybe there's someone you need to invite to lunch with you. Maybe there's someone you need to ask to coffee. Maybe there's someone you need to FaceTime with or Zoom call with. Maybe do that if you're a little more worried about this virus. I don't know exactly your situation, but I can say that sitting down at a table is an awesome way to start. It is an awesome way to start loving people. But the only way we can ever have the right attitude at a table of listening and caring what other people say is by sitting down at that table every single day, having a conversation with our God. That's the only way. So, as we're about to leave, where do you lack harmony? Is it in your friendships? Is it in your family? I know it's definitely in our community. Maybe it's in your relationship with God. I don't know where it is, but you definitely do. So when you sit down, listen. When you ask a question, listen. While you're eating, listen. You wouldn't imagine the things that listening can do. So just listen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that I've gotten to spend with this church. It has been a tremendous blessing, and I am so thankful to God and so thankful for them. Lord, we all have a lack of harmony in some area in one way or another, Lord, but you can provide guidance and wisdom so that we can have harmony in every situation. We can't do it alone, Lord. We can only do it if you guide us. So, Lord, I pray that you would guide us, that you would lend us your wisdom and your hand, and that we would be better disciples of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Go in peace. Thank you, Lord.